Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The one and only podcast on the net dedicated 89% to the greatest game in the world. That would be Event Squad Leader. That is Wood. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave, and we're both lumberjacks in flannel today for watching the YouTube. And that's okay. (laughs) I get the reference. I sleep all night. I work all day. What else am I going to do? Yeah, we are. We look good. I love my flannels. It's that time of year here in the Northern Hemisphere uh, when we put on our our flannel. Well, not just the Northern Hemisphere, but what's our uh, longitude and latitude here, Dave? Dave Nobody will... really. It's all. It's it's not a real thing. Okay. <laughs> Someone just drew that on a on a globe and. Yeah. Let's see. Longitude is this way. Latitude. I don't know what. Our yes. That. Is. Yeah. 40 degrees or something, 42 degrees. What was the one? Was it Teddy Roosevelt or something? 44, 40 or fight? 42, 40. That probably was James K. Polk. And I think it was the line up near Washington State with Canada. Yeah. And actually, actually, I just heard a podcast on this. There is... The line is drawn in the wrong place, and there is a zone, this is for real, that is in neither country, because this kid's got busted with pot or some drug crossing, like, the border, and it's in that area, and the lawyer figured out it's in this zone that's that's not, that has some weird thing where there's two different lines that are listed in law somewhere and so he was trying to get them out of the you know saying you don't they can't be prosecuted because they're not actually in your country yet and they're not in either country it's correct correct now they didn't win the case <laughs> i forget why but it is true there's a weird line that's drawn improperly or just now finding this out no it's kind of been known and they can't oh. get it and i bad memory i can't remember why they can't get it fixed but it's like congress has to do something or canada has to oh, geez, also and, about it. <laughs> yeah nothing's ever gonna happen if yeah. congress has to get involved nothing, nothing. yeah so, something like that it was um an interesting uh situation but well yeah. we should go claim the territory we could we could <laughs> make a flag i think spilkey you know, uh, Spilkey took one of his two half squads T-shirt and turned it yeah. in, turned it into a nice pillow. I'll try to remember to post that picture, and uh, we could take that and put it on a flagpole and claim two half squads land. Yep, that would work. Have our so, own what have you been up to lately, sir? Well, uh, I've been um, working. You know, I work a lot, but also. Uh, I came upon this article the other day. I don't know if you saw this. This always amazes me because I've seen stuff like this before. It's an article about treasure hunters in Finland who believe they are on the brink. And they put brink in quotes for some reason. Like, Anyway, they're on the brink of finding the world's largest treasure hoard worth $20 billion. Have you heard about this? Yeah. No. People for, I don't know, 100 years have been 
looking around this area for this legendary treasure. And there are these 12 people who have been, they're all amateur treasure hunters and they've been working as a group. There've been lots of different groups out there looking for this thing, but this particular group has found this area in Finland for this, this thing called the um, Lemminkainen Hoard, which is gold and jewels and artifacts, whatever that is. Oh yeah, the Lemminkainen Hoard. Yeah, <laughs> the Lemminkainen Hoard. They've been looking for it for years, since 1987, they've been searching for it. And supposedly, they're very close, but the weather is bad. So they're going to have to wait now till spring. How did the horde get there? Do you know? They have been looking on this, the land, the person that owns the land, it's his family's land. And the legend had it. He's descended from some dukes or the dukes of hazard or something. Some legendary family who supposedly buried all their treasure to keep it from being stolen by invaders and then they kind of i guess lost track of it like okay that, that guy must be embarrassed okay i have buried all of the treasure where is it i forgot the key word you said with this legend has it and legend starts with what letter yeah l and if you put that to your forehead loser yeah <laughs> No, they'll probably find it and make a fool of me. It's so crazy, but um, $20 billion, we'll know in the spring, I guess. That does sound like a lot, though. That sounds like but. a lot, and they're really close, but the weather's bad, so they're giving up. Oh, yeah, I think that, I'm cold. Yeah, yeah, for $20 billion, I, I people I'd, have done I'd, crazier things. I'd get a hat. Maybe a coat. A two half squads hats and $29.99. Because you figure for $20 billion, you could probably buy a really nice hat. So anyway, I'll I'll post the link to that. I just find that kind of stuff very intriguing. And it kind of makes me want to go out and find $20 billion, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, I saw another uh, article, interesting article the other day, which I think is worth mentioning. I saw this on War History Online, which is a website I frequent. Pearl Harbor survivor and World War II veteran requests birthday cards to mark his 100th birthday. So his birthday is coming up in December, December 13th. I will send out a link. We'll put a link to this article in the show notes. And you can read all about him, his adventures. He's been very active uh, as a veteran with the various veterans groups and stuff over wow, these yeah. years. And he lists his uh, a P.O. box for him. And if you want to send him a birthday card, you have to do so by November 30th. So we'll get this out. There'll be time. Oh, yeah. This should air the 15th. And so if anybody would like the address right now, I'll just say it's Jack Holder. Care of Darlene Tryon, P.O. Box 11004 in Chandler, Arizona, 85248. I would love to see all the Two Half Squads listeners get a card in the mail for this uh, amazing member of the greatest generation. How do you spell Tryon? 
That is spelled T-R-Y-O-N. I've been interested in Pearl Harbor lately. Um, and I, I'm a little embarrassed to say it was because my wife likes to watch Hawaii Five O, the new Hawaii Five O, which has been on for 10 years. They just ended the series, but she's been watching it for 10 years. And I actually started watching it and they have some Pearl Harbor episodes because it's the main character, Steve McGarrett, his father was in the army and his grandfather was on the USS Arizona in Pearl Harbor. Got me interested in Pearl Harbor. So I am reading Gordon Prang's monumental historical work at Dawn We Slept, which is 9,000 pages. Oh, maybe it's only 1,000 pages. And I'm on page 150, and I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> I'm. It's kind of dry in places, but really very good reading. And I, I haven't really sunk into a deep dive on a World War II subject for a while, so that's going really well, and I will report back when I'm done. All right, excellent. We'll look forward to it. Yeah. In the meantime, what's up first for the show? Uh, well, I guess we could do, uh, you want to do a what's in the box? Sure. What's in the box? I kind of sound like I'm in that cave where $20 billion of treasure is located. <laughs> it's not in a cave. It's buried somewhere, isn't it? No, it's, they showed it in a cave. They're... Boy. Yeah. That should make it easier. In Finland, let's get our, we should get our uh, tickets to Finland. Yeah. Head over there. Just kind of sneak in while they're off trying to stay warm around the fire. We'll put a hat on and go look for the treasure. Yeah. Then we can finish the search. But I'm dumb. Very good. Uh, so what, what's in the box? What do we have in the box? Well, I'll tell you. I decided to, uh, I hadn't bought anything from MMP in a while, and I was feeling bad because I know they they really like my money. And so I went over onto their website, and I was just kind of perusing around, and I saw the electronic, they had the electronic advanced squad leader rule book there, and I thought, oh, there's something, I, if you don't want to wait, because I don't like waiting for the mailman. So I thought, here's a little instant gratification. Electronic rule book sounds like a great idea. I'm tired of carrying the big heavy tome, or is it a tomb? <laughs> so I plunked down $59.99, clicked on the link that took me to War Game Vault, sent them my $60. I didn't even wait for a special offer, and I got the electronic ASL rule book in PDF format. And I got to say, I've spent $60 in better ways. Oh, why would you say that? Well, you're, you're not just uh, mad they didn't send us a free copy to peruse like all the rest of our fine third yeah, party producers say, do. Or? Yeah, I would say I am. I would say I'm <laughs> about that. Here, let me share my screen. Yeah, what's it like though? You know, I, I like paper in my hands, but it'd be convenient to have, I suppose. So electronic rule book uh, comes down in PDF format. It's all in one file and it's nice. It is the rule book, as you might expect, just in electronic format. So we can flip through the pages here and it looks exactly like the rule book. Same font. Um, 
One of, the, one of the nice things about it is there are links to it. So we can see uh, just about here, I'll flip forward a little bit. You can see anything wow. that's read as a link, which is kind of nice. So here I'm on the uh, table of contents. And if I wanted to skip forward to fire attacks, I just click on fire attacks and it takes me forward in the document directly to that page. That's a nice wow. feature. You don't like flipping around. I'm one of those guys that still needs to flip around, not like you, Dave, who has memorized the rule book. Yeah, and I don't flip around much anymore, though I'm I'm not as agile as I used to be when I was younger. Yes, with the you probably have super eight movies of your Me flipping. Yeah, yeah. Flip. So I like that that you can find things. I will uh I'll say right now, uh let me try this. Oh, it does work. Okay, I was thinking the back button doesn't work. I, I was having a problem with this. Oh, when you move forward to something where you click on a link and it takes you whatever it is, 50 pages forward, I'd like to be able to then go back. Yeah, I, I didn't have this option in the reader I was using before, but oh. I do. So it may depend on the PDF reader that you're using. OK, so that's nice. Um, one thing I will say about these, you know, the, I think they had an opportunity here to really come out with something special and they really just come up with a standard PDF. One of my problems with PDF is that it's formatted like paper. So eight and a half by 11 in a portrait mode, vertical mode. But everybody I know has computer monitors that are horizontal. And this doesn't resize itself to the monitor or anything. So if you want to look in at something, you have to zoom in. Let me zoom in a little. I'll do this. Whoops, that's a little zoomy. That's, yeah. So it is nice that you can zoom in, but it doesn't automatically format the page. If you wanted to, for instance, be reading something and pop out up the picture like you can with a website, maybe you can't pop out pictures. You can't have multiple oh. windows open. So there's a lot of clicking and flipping back and forth and zooming in and out in order to read everything. Um, the whole thing, the whole file is bookmarked. Though I'll expand the bookmarks out here so you can see all the chapters and you can move directly to a chapter. Oh, yeah, to any section that you're looking for. Which is nice. Um, and and to, so, yeah, go ahead. And to the special rule. So if you clicked a 6.5, it would jump to that. Yes, that's nice. Yeah, so for instance, here I'm on looking at uh, the bog rules and it says Bog, if a vehicle is required to take a bog, bog check as per B13.41, I can click on that 13.41 and it takes me to the bog rule. Although that's and, error bursts. Uh, it's on this page somewhere. Yeah. So I no, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So kind of nice. And they do have the charts in here. Uh, let's see, where are the charts? And they do in, include a lot of the... Um, add-on modules, so North Africa's in here, you know, Rules F, Pacific Theater, uh, Chapter G is in here, the Design Your Own chapter is in here, ASL Deluxe, the Training Manual. Boy, when was the last time you read that Training Manual? Yeah. Uh, the Korean War rules are in here, which is which is cool Good. for me, because I do not own the Korean module. Oh, that's but right. reading this might make me, uh, encourage me to buy it. Um, 
And then the counters, the counter sheets, uh, example sheets like that are on the front and the back of the of the hard binder are in here. Uh, flow charts are in here, which is nice. And including the links here work as well. Oh. So I like that because you're going along in the flow chart and you come upon some arcane rule that's got a link there and take you right to it. Um, the charts like the QRDC and the um, the other fire tables are in here as well. So everything's in here. It's 708 pages of fun. It weighs nothing because it's electronic. <laughs> you can, I, I'll tell you another one of my uh, issues with it was just the way some of the text was laid out. So for instance, I like to, in, in PDFs, I like to highlight stuff that I want to get back to. So I could click the highlighter and go to be highlighting something. And you can see I started on the word vehicle and then it skips. It doesn't quite let me highlight everything smoothly like I like. Um, so there's some issues with that. Other than that, it's pretty good. Is it worth 60 bucks? Mm. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I would be, I would be kind. Yeah, what's what's the mini rule book, the paper one? I don't even know, but it's about 60, right? Or yeah, less, I, think, I guess yeah, I can I check. I don't think it's got all of the uh, additional chapters in it. True, that is true. The rules, but so this is nice. It's got everything in there. You can print out sheets, but it is password protected, so you can't merge it with other PDFs or add certain things to it, um, but still, it's something. And for $60, I guess if you've got $60 burning a hole in your pocket, send it to the two half squats. <laughs> yes, at our Patreon, become a Patreon supporter. That's right. Or send a one-time donation. Yes. Through our PayPal link on the website. So that's it for the ASL rulebook. Next time you're over, Dave, I'll let you look at it because I wouldn't think of sharing it with you. <laughs> that would be illegal. That would be illegal. And I signed up. I signed up. Be nice. It did get very good ratings. It's got 57 five-star reviews, all five-star reviews on Wargame Vault. So people like it. And it's better than nothing. If you're uh, really strapped for space and weight as you're traveling, it's a good thing. Uh, yep, going to tournaments, all that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to actually play with it as next time you and I play. I'll have that at the ready and uh, see how well it serves. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Well, thanks for checking that out for us, Jeff. Would you like to go to the rules? It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. All right. We are going to take a look then, if you are ready, sir. I just gotta say, thank goodness we're done with the two hit rules. That oh, crazy. No heavens. Man. I'm so glad we're done. Heavens no, we're far from done. What?
far from Farfanugan. Oh no. You mean there's more? Not for TV Gungus Fafin. There is. There are cases. Case D. Well, that's where we're picking up. Well, what rule are we uh, looking at? Where is it in the rule book? Like case D. Well, that's C5.4 for case D. C5.4? Okay. Yep. And that case D is the pinned firer. One thing that bugs me about the when you read the rule book, it would say like when you're using case G, then L and M and case D don't apply. And I'm always like, wait, which ones were those? And I wish they would have written that out. But I wrote it out for this little segment. Uh, so you wouldn't have to be guessing and I wouldn't have to be guessing what they are. But case D is for the pinned firer. So I can ask you a question. Any ordnance weapon, Jeff, whose firer is under the effects of a pin counter, they have to add plus what to the shot? Uh, let's see if they're pinned. pinned firer with a ordnance, like you pin the gun, you pin the guy with a. Oh man, I should. L-A-T-W. Uh, I would say one. It is two. Oh, okay. Plus two. Okay. No. And if you're pinned, would you get a multiple rate of fire like normal? No. No. Which you're brings... lucky you get to shoot if you're pinned at all. Think of it. Yep. Think of it that way. And I had an original ASL thought about the rules, kind of like Rich Spilkey and all these other people, you know, uh, about like the OBA cards and how it would make it better. And I had a thought. Someone on Twitter put like they had 12 rate of fire. And my thought was, well, that's too much, isn't it? Shouldn't we limit that in a way? And I suddenly thought, what if we limited it to like two times the number in the box, maybe? So if on your little light machine gun, you got a one in the box in the box. Yeah, it could have a two. It could it could get rate twice, and then if you had a three for the heavy machine gun, that could get rate six times would be the max. Better representing the firing time period and and not allowing the vagaries of the die to be too crazy. And is this because you've been burned too many times by this rule? No, it just it just struck me totally like reading the Twitter thing feed. Oh. But the people on Twitter shot me down. Oh, they did. Oh, darn. Yep. One guy said, uh, it make, makes up for the time you rolled the boxcars and went to repair it and rolled the six. Yeah, I, I hear that <laughs> argument all the time um, whenever I complain about dice. Yes, they, they say, you got to remember then the good times because yes. they do come. You just have to suffer the bad times and remember the good times and... I don't care. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then someone else said, well, that's more record keeping. Are you sure you want to do that? You know, you get raid a couple times, you forget how many, and then you're. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. it says that was four already. No, that was only three. No. That's another point they made. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to side with you, Dave, because we're friends. <laughs> you surely don't have to. Even if it is a cockamamie idea, I'm with you, <laughs> standing by my friend. 
So looking at the rules, firers under the effect of area fire. Example, a light anti-tank weapon firing from a shallow stream that would have to use an area, I guess. When you're advancing fire, you have to use area fire. Mm -hmm. So firers under the effects of area fire also add the plus two for each instance of that. Mm, okay. So because this is a to hit roll, right? So yes, if you're right. supposed to be halved and you can't be halved because it's a to hit roll, you add the plus two. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And now case E, firing within the hex. Has that happened lately to you? Uh, no. Not me neither. Me. Um, it, it might be my, the way I play and the way I've taught my friends to play is to not enter the hex. I think Bob Holmstrom would be the most likely to have done it to me in certain cases, but I can't be sure of that. Certainly like an overrun or something. Yes, right. But any gun firing at a target within its own hex adds a plus two of case E to the shot. So it's a more difficult to fire in your hex. I guess it's just they could be anywhere around you. And that's why. I guess. But when you're firing within the hex, would you count? You think you would you count non-assault movement? Uh... Firing within the hex, count non-assault movement. Wow, that, that happens so rarely. Uh, I'm going to say no, we would ignore that. You are correct. Okay. Would, would you count the first fire movement open ground? Yes. That's another no. Oh, you wouldn't? You okay. don't. I, I don't know why. Again, maybe they're so close. You, I don't know. Would you count boar sighting? Oh my God! Well, let's see. You have a gun, you know, a big artillery piece. People yeah, that, are entering your hex, or a tank enters your hex. You can't boresight your own hex, can you? I don't think no. so. So yeah. that is that is correct. Yeah. How about point blank fire? No, I'm no saying. is correct. Yeah. Yes, point blank is no. How about point of order? <laughs> How about? How about Point to Hawk. Point to Hawk. How about Point Dexter? Point Dexter. I'm going to have to say uh, no for all of those. That is correct. So now the guy's in your hex. Let's say you got a tank and there's his tank energy hex. Does the presence of a wreck or smoke or another armor fighting vehicle uh, add to the applicable line of sight hindrances? This is tricky. Well, uh, hmm. so there's a, a wreck in your hex. Yeah, a wreck. And it's burning wreck, it's smoking. Do you add that plus when you're shooting at someone else that comes in there too? I would think so, yes. It is a yes, yeah. yeah. I was thinking because they're not counting all the other stuff, the, they're, maybe the nothing would count. But it's yes, you would count uh, other wrecks and smokes and AFEs in there. Yeah, I was thinking maybe if the smoke is in your hex, there's, it's not dense enough to give cover, but apparently it is. Yeah, or it's localized within, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so is the KC fire in the hex 
gyro modifier doubled or tripled, which one of those, if the firer is in a woods or building or rubble? So you're, you're in the woods with the anti-tank gun, the tank enters your woods hex. You have to turn to fire. Is it doubled or tripled the modifier? If you have to turn, if you're oh, turning, turning. No, it doesn't, doesn't say you have to, if you have to turn, it doesn't. It's just always plus two in the hex. And oh. then would you double that if you're in a woods or building or triple it? Oh, I see. So is it going to be plus four or plus six? Doubled. Yep, doubles correct, which is, matches up with the, um, like, doubling the plus when you're turning your covered arc. So that's why I didn't want to confuse that. Yeah, gotcha. Now, if both the firer and the target are in a bypass, there is no shot allowed there unless you can draw a line of sight between their respective covered arc focal points, just for the record there. Okay. Now, I'm just going to read you Rule 5.51, covered arc change. So the firer's covered arc does not change when using case E to fire at a target in the same hex. Unless firing during the opponent's movement phase as a defensive first fire, in which case the firer's covered arc is changed only as much as necessary to include the hex side that the dude is moving through to come into your hex. So... He's coming from outside your hex. You turn the gun, fire, or turn the turret to fire at him. This is the only instance where case A die roll modifiers are applicable with case E. Case A, again, is firing of the covered arc change plus one or plus two or plus three for non-turreted, etc. Those would add together. So it's really saying, like, otherwise, if it goes then to the prep fire phase and you're both already in the hex, you don't change the covered arc i don't know why i guess it just gets ah. tricky draw in the same hex how are you gonna i don't know but case f again i'll explain is intensive fire and this is available only to guns not a support weapon like a latw uh and it can can be used only if the crew of the gun is not pinned shocked stunned or marked with a final fire intensifier counter already ah okay yeah right. this is the intensifier you get this extra yeah. shot you gain one additional shot during that turn and the question is can you take more than one intensifier shot during overrun prevention oh. yeah i don't know i didn't know this i don't know if yeah we don't overrun a lot. You know, uh, a, a gun, lot, we don't. When we go through these, I try to think, if I don't know the rule, I try to think logically how would this lay out? Because a lot of times this stuff lays out correctly. Logically, you know. On this one, uh, I'm going to say yes. And the answer is yes. Ah. Yeah. If you're If you're doing an overrun prevention, then you can do more intensive fire shots. I guess you're really panicking that they're overrunning you. Yeah. Yeah. Can intensive fire be used against, oh, can it be used during the advanced fire phase? No. No is correct, except an no. opportunity firer. Yeah, right. Put a marker and said, I'll, I'll shoot later. Is there such a thing as an intensive fire counter in the game? In there with your prep fire counters. 
Yeah, I think so. There is. It's the yeah. same color as your prep fire counters. Yeah. So you just use that to mark the intensive fire guy. Yeah. Because if you mark prep, you can still do an intensive if you want. That, again, changes the breakdown numbers, blah, blah, blah. So in addition to that, if you're doing intensive fire, you have to add plus what to the shot to hit? Let's see, for intensive fire, two? Two is correct. Yeah. And the, if you're going to do that, does the breakdown number of any intensive firing gun decrease while yes. it's intensive firing? Oh, yes. That is correct. And by how much? Um, I guess it, it's going to depend on, uh, it can depend on other factors, but if it's just the basic um, break number, I think it just goes down two. Two is correct. Yeah. So you go from, uh, if it breaks on an 11, now it's a nine. Yeah. I actually found, uh, as I was going through some stuff the other day, two very good charts that go exhaustively into how the breakdown and um, elimination numbers change under these various circumstances and stacking up of different things like ammo shortage and things like that that can affect these or um so I, i'll try to put uh, a link to that which i i'm pretty sure it's publicly available so i'll try to remember yeah check, and check that and, and yeah or yeah. jump jump into the post Very i started because i yeah because i i get screwed up on those breakdown numbers all the time um there is a spilky table 12 so I've got my screen. Do you see my screen? Yeah. All right. So this is Spilkey's table uh, 12A. Effects on malfunction, disablement, rate of fire, and two-hit die roll modifiers on support weapons, guns, and or vehicular main armaments due to sustained fire, intensive fire, inexperienced use, not qualified use, and or as captured equipment. There's a title. I, I wait till the movie comes out. It's going to be fantastic. But this gives you uh, this very handy, handy table for what we've just been talking about. So modifying breakdown numbers and et cetera, elimination numbers. And then 12B. 12B. That's the one that I needed for my game uh, currently playing on the verge of extinction. Vote G17, that are the guards. Dave has Germans all, and you can see it on the Twitter feed, they're all held up in Von Paulus's last stand building, which actually I can look here. Uh, well, the name of it's covered up with a bunch of counters on my table behind this computer, but low ammo for everything. So I see he's got the low ammo in the yellow there. And how that's affected, I like that. I just, my brain has trouble calculating my low ammo changes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure that's why Rich, usually he puts these together because he suffers from the same things. Or, you know, and this is one of those instances where how can you keep all this straight? You've been inexperienced, low ammo, is it sustained, sustained fire, you know, is it captured? Right. All those things that can add up on top of each other. And uh, so here it's all laid out easily for your enjoyment. Yeah, excellent. 
I've got to get that pull. I, I should probably just print that one out. Put it. I had printed all his early versions. It's time to update my paper file and certainly just uh, use this digital. That's perfect. You could print it out in 3D. I could. So we got, looking forward then, um, certain guns may not, is this where we left off? Yes. Uh, restrictions. Certain guns may not use intensifier in any form, including overrun prevention or final fire. And they're restricted by notes in their listing chart and the back of the counter. It says ah. no IF, okay. no intensifier. So always double check. It's usually really large guns and things like that. Case B is applicable to intensifier only as an inherent part of case C. Now that would be B is the advanced fire phase plus two. You only use it if you're using case C. If you lose your multiple rate of fire, the question, if you lose your multiple rate of fire, does that cause loss of intensive fire capability? So it's, it's no, prep fire. I don't think so. You are correct. That's why it's an intensive fire shot. It's an yeah. extra shot yeah. with, with all those penalties. Overrun prevention. I thought I'd just kind of read through this, too, because it looked difficult to break down. But regardless of the number of shots a non-vehicular gun, so an anti-tank gun, infantry gun, has already taken during a player turn, it's entitled to the past, even intensifier, it's still entitled to a possibility of one more intensifier shot. Okay, that's what I was wondering earlier when we said you could do more intensifier shots if you're overrun prevention. Okay. It is just one more intensifier shot at a target in your own hex if you're about okay. to be overrun. Okay. Yeah. Immediately after the guy does the movement point expenditures announced, okay, I'm going to spend five for the overrun. Then... Before the overruns resolved, the gun makes its to hit die roll versus the vehicle, but not until its covered arc covers the hex side entered. So you got to turn your gun. And then if a gun's already fired from a woods or building or rubble, is it allowed to change its covered arc? Ooh. In order to do this intensive fire? Yeah, it's getting uh -huh. overrun. You already fired. Typically. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. It is no, you are not, because you are set with a covered arc okay. facing that way. Um, and it's not eligible for the overrun prevention from outside the covered arc. So yeah, okay. You can't turn it. A gun, which is already intensive fire during the movement phase, suffers only one set of intensive fire penalties, it's, of course. And then the original to hit die roll, the firing gun, acts as a normal morale check. So it's kind of like your final protective fire where it's a morale check against your infantry. Mm -hmm. So you roll to hit, your crew's got a morale of eight, you roll a nine, they break. You roll an eight, they're pinned on the to hit roll. And the then the to hit attempt is voided. So um, except if you had a, a malfunction, you still have to count that. Um, and then the vehicle does the overrun. So if the normal morale check is passed rolling less than the morale, it's resolved. The to hit is resolved versus the overrun vehicle and may possibly lessen the overrun attack. I don't know what that means. Regardless of the outcome of the to hit, the gun is marked with a no fire counter. That's what those are for. 
I, I don't, I was like, no fire. When, when the heck do we use these? So if you've already done your extra intensive fire, okay, then you're marked with a no fire. So even if you get overrun again, boy, you wouldn't use those very often. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make a confession here, Dave, because it's just you and me talking. <laughs> no but one will know. I, nobody's listening. I, I don't do a lot of overruns. Maybe because we don't, because we don't. Rather, I'll just drive around. <laughs> don't want to look up the rules. It's too complicated. Yeah, that's I, why. I shouldn't do that because a couple of these tables have made it so easy now. And I always, I forget that. I forget to look in the tables. because it's Yes. There. And we can do it deliberately in a game and just pause like we were doing during COVID on, the, you know, online. We were suddenly really good about let's look all this up. Let's try yeah. something different. Yeah. Partly, I think we felt like the game, we don't have to clean it up at the end of the night. Right. So there's no hurry to try to finish it and have the table open for someone else's game. You know, and we each had our own big table space. So we had all everything laid out. Yeah. It's easy to get to everything. Yeah. Look stuff up and yeah. And it just seemed like a more. Oh, time of relaxation and extra time to do yeah. things yeah. in those days. The good old days of COVID. <laughs> in a way, there was some benefits to that. But yeah. What? Oh, and then, then there's this rule that I don't understand at all. 5.641. Okay. It's subset. A non-vehicular gun, not currently marked with a first final intensive counter, is subject to all the provisions of overrun prevention when about to be overrun, except that its shot is not penalized as intensive fire and is not marked with a no-fire counter. A non-vehicular gun. gun. It's all about the emphasis, Dave, in your sentences. <laughs> not vehicular gun. Not currently marked not with a first fire, final, or intensive is subject. subject to all the provisions of OVR prevention about to be OVR, except that its shot is, is not, not. <laughs> is not penalized as intensive fire. Well, okay. What? So it so is it's or not, isn't? If it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I lost count of my knots. Um, yes. It's not currently marked by an intensive fire counter. And it's subject to all the provisions of OVR prevention. What about to run? Except that his shot is not penalized as intensive fire. <laughs> so it, it's intensive fire, but it's not? So oh. if it's not marked with a fire counter at all, oh. first fire, final fire, or intensive fire, it's not marked with a counter. Then it oh, is, God. it is not penalized as intensive fire during the overrun. Yes, I, I, you are. See, I told you all my friends are smarter than me. Just, well, it took two of us four minutes to figure it out, and three knots and two whizzes, and and it would have been easier if they if they just paraphrased and said if if it hasn't fired, but that may not actually be true. It's just sure. if it's yeah. not first fire, final fire, intensive fire. It might be in the middle of a rate of fire. Yes. So it's not marked with anything yet. Right. Uh, it's still right. If the overrun is coming through. It's not marked as intensifier. Brilliant. 
Ready for Jeopardy questions? Yes, I am. What is a deliberate immobilization attempt? Case G. <laughs> what is a deliberate? Isn't that the way you do Jeopardy? Yes. What is a deliberate immobilization attempt? Case G. What is case G? Yeah, what is what is in the game? What's a deliberate immobilization attempt? Oh, it's when you fire at a vehicle trying to it, deliberately immobilize it. OK, my answer was it's what you do if your oh. kill number is six and the tank's armor factor is oh. 38. Yeah. <laughs> so when you can't penetrate the armor, you yeah, typically you would. Immobilization. Yeah. What what is the to hit modifier? And, you know, that's funny. You should because you phrased it that way, because this has come up a number of times and I just kind of breeze by it. There's so much going on. I breeze by stuff. But that makes a lot of sense. So you're firing against a tank that's heavily armored, but you could still immobilize it by knocking it off, or tread off or something. Yes. And sometimes yeah. that's your only hope. Yeah. Okay. And yes, it can still fire at you, but it, it right. can't turn the corner to go fire at those other guys yeah. who you, you want to keep safe too. Yeah. So there is a to hit modifier, a severe one. What is the plus when you use a deliberate immobilization? Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, boy. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. It is plus five. That's because we don't do that oh, a lot either. Dang. Yeah. But, you know, you need a 10 to hit a vehicle. Yeah. And if it's large... And if you're closer, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, can sight, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Can you do a deliberate immobilization attempt by with your infantry firing their rifles? Can you do an deliberate deliberate immobilization attempt with your infantry just firing their inherent right. fire firepower? Can they try to knock the tread off? I don't know why I can't remember that this has come up, but I'm going to say no. No is correct. Yeah. Can you do a deliberate immobilization attempt with a flamethrower? Oh, man, that's never happened to me. I got to play more. How could that have not never happened to me? I'm going to say no. That's correct. You cannot with a flamethrower. How about with a dwarf thrower? Yes. You can't say that on public television. Yeah, that's what well, if it's in D and D context, it's okay. Yes, that's right. Weapons that roll it to hit and then roll it to kill number are those otherwise known as ordnance weapons? Yes. Yes, they are. But only if the weapon's basic oh, this is for the deliberate immobilization. You can only do it if your basic to kill number is greater than the target's lowest hull armor factor and only oh. with a whole hit at a range of less than six hexes. So since you're shooting the tread, you got to get a whole hit. And I think I did that wrong with Dave Timonen in our last. We were just taking any hit counted as a immobilization. Yeah. So sure. we were wrong. Yeah. Um, Texas. Yeah. Hit. And this is uh, the hard one. The basic to kill number of the weapon. So if it says ATR at six. Yeah. To kill the, the dude's hull is an eight. You can't even try to do it. 
Okay. So it has to be a lower armor factor than the to kill number. I wonder if I cheated on that too, I wonder. Um, a deliberate immobilization attempt is not allowed against a hull down target or an, or an immobilized target already. That's just a point of fact. Okay. Can indirect fire mortars OBA use deliberate immobilization? Uh, ask it again. Can indirect fire the mortars, the OBA, use uh, the de deliberate immobilization? Try to blow a chart off. Uh, Senator, could you uh, ask the question again? <laughs> no, um, no. No, it's correct. Can a machine gun? No. No, it's correct. What if, what if the vehicle, what if you're firing at the vehicle and it's built ram tough? Oh, that's a another plus three to the. Yeah. That's built ram tough. It's, that's again, it goes against you. Um, yeah. Now, acquisition dyro modifiers are not applicable to this attempt either. However, acquisition can be gained while attempting such a shot in case the firer subsequently fires on the target normally. So I have an egg one from firing direct fire to blow up the tank, realize I can't. I switch to just shoot at the tread then I can't use those nags. But if I go back to shooting regular area fire or something, I can use the, <clears throat> or direct fire, I can use them again. Okay. Boy, it's a little tricky, but rule 5.72, a deliberate immobilization hit is not resolved on a to-kill table, even if it could be a crit. It, it just results in a hull hit, it's automatically immobilized and causes the crew task check. Okay. So, yeah. If it if it hits the turret, is there an effect then? As we've already said, uh, if you hit the turret on a on a deliberate immobilization attempt, is there so, an effect on that? No. No, that is correct. Case H, we're getting close to the end. Case H, A B C D E F G H I. How far do they go? There's a like 12 J's. There's a lot. We already did the J's. H-I-J. Oh. No, we didn't. Well, let's see. Case I. Is that what I said? Or H? H. Captured gun. What's the modifier to any to hit attempt by a captured weapon? It's uh, on the spilky chart. A captured weapon is plus two. That is correct. Does that apply to one man by a non-qualified unit? Still a plus two for captured? Oh, man. Captured and non-qualified? No, I think there's a... Well, it's saying, does that apply to it if they're non-qualified? Oh, I see. I see. That's a yes. It still okay. applies. And then, of course, if they're both captured and non-qualified, that's when you were saying that it's, it's going to be double the penalty. Yeah. Okay. So is a captured weapon also penalized by having to use the orange hit numbers instead of the black ones? Yes. No, there are no orange to hit numbers. Oh, orange. You does it have to? Does it have to? Does, does it have to use the chartreuse to hit numbers? No. No, there are no chartreuse ones. How about red? Yes. Yes, red. And does it reduce its breakdown number by two because it's a captured weapon? See, I'm colorblind, so when you said orange, <laughs> I I saw red. <laughs> I, 
I've got an excuse for everything. You, but you are a little colorblind, aren't you? No. Oh, you were just joking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so when it's captured, does the breakdown number go down by two? Um. Yes, I think captured goes down by two. Yep. Also on the spooky table, twelve B. Yes. Case I buttoned up. Now, any buttoned up, closed top vehicle does add the plus one of case I. Being buttoned up has no other effect on the line of sight of a vehicle, even if the target's outside the covered arc, but it pre prevents interdiction. You can't do interdiction with a plus one buttoned up. Mm -hmm. And there are numerous blah, blah, blah. So then, uh, Spilky Table 12B, and... That is as far as I got, sir. So that means we're leaving off on case I. It's probably been an hour show already. But H I. Yep, here comes J K L M N O P. Oh, these are all pretty simple. Q R. Oh, the reason these aren't in here, they're too simple. They only put explanations for the rules that needed some. So if you simply go, yeah, we won't do the others. Point blank, neg two, concealed plus two, non-assault, neg one, open ground, neg one, right? The case J's, if the vehicle's moving less than the three in your line of sight, um, one to three, one yeah. and a half to three, yeah. remember there are other bonuses, so just look it up on the thing. You have to add extra pluses in. You've only seen the tank for a little while. Those add in. Yeah. Um, if you bore sight, you got the neg two. If it's acquired, you go with the counters. It can be neg one and then neg two. Um, hazardous movement, neg two. If you ever have that, you're shooting at someone with that. And then check your target size modifiers. They change from neg two to neg to plus two. We actually covered those when we talked about tanks and things like that. There are also target size modifiers on guns that you want to look at. If it's got red, you get an extra plus or a negative to hit it. Better for you. Do you add the terrain effect modifiers to your to hit when you're shooting direct fire? Yes. Yep. They're in that building. Dave and I are playing in this this Valor of the Guards plus four. You know, fortified stone buildings. Oh, yeah. Tank shooting. It's tough to get them rooted out of there. Um, and then, of course, your line of sight hindrances. And then case R lists some more things that are really rule specific, like overstacked, neg one per overstacked thing. Cavalry, automatic neg two. Infantry using a trail break, neg one, because they're on a little trail break they're on a specific line going through i didn't really remember that one that's defensive first fire only huh and then motorcyclists there's always a neg one um aerial attacks wading vehicles we covered all that in the um ocean stuff when we did the um right uh, yep recently so that covers the two hit rules i think boy that was brutal Brutally interesting, but brutal. There's a lot there. And then do you want negatives on your shots or pluses on your shots, Jeff? Well, Dave, I want pluses. 
Because you like to let the other guy win. Yes, I do. I'm a generous fellow. You are super nice. Yeah. And I think that's the show, isn't it? I would say we're probably pretty close. Yeah, probably close to us to an hour. All right. Well, no, no. So what do we got lined up for next time? We, oh, we got a, a, an interview coming up. We do with the wonderful Stephen Swan. Yeah. And, uh, boy, we've really been fortunate. You know, we've had a really, really excellent interview lately with some great guys. Carl Noguera last time was that was great. It was too bad his phone, the way his phone was working, <laughs> work on, on the way that we should probably use Zoom or something so oh. that we can have a little more control over uh, camera. Oh, can we? Yeah. Not when he has his phone and he puts it up his nose. I think... You can't control that. Well, we could we could still have had him as the primary uh, focus instead of uh, as much as I love looking at your oh visage on the video. Yeah, you can change the primary. Well, yeah. we already told him it would be Skype, but we'll we'll do what we can do then. Yeah. And, what and, if, what uh, if what if we take our picture off of Skype? Then would it automatically go to him, like block camera or something? Like if we Here. turn our cameras off. Yeah, Watch. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you see me? No. Can you tell I'm giving you the finger? No. No, I can't even imagine that, Dave. I've known you for, yeah, I've known you this for. This is what, that's what Aaron does to me, my son. I can't believe it. I have never seen you do anything like that. That's the wrong finger. I know, but oh. even that is shocking. You're right. We shouldn't, I'll cut it out. You're such a good boy, Dave. I'll, I'll cut that part out. So Yeah, don't, don't ruin that for me. St Steven Swan. Yep. D Steve Swan. We're going to call that episode Swan's Way. And what are we calling this episode? Um, Hit me with your best shot. Oh, that's, uh, that's nice. I don't know. We'll think of something. All right. Until then, boys and girls. Remember to roll low. Roll low. And rally, rally well. But now not when, when you're playing, playing us. Uh, that's right. All right. Bye, everybody. See you all next time.